0: Welcome, Midnight Creatures, to the Nightside. The Nightside is the area just outside everyday human experience. It is peopled with magic, monsters, and mystery. I am recording this episode on Halloween, the old end of the year and days gone past. The veil is thin, and the spirits are calling us to honor them. Tonight's subject does so. Tonight, I will be reviewing the book The Devil's Dozen by Gemma Gary. The author is described as a writer and devoted practitioner of the art magical. Gemma lives and works in the far west of Cornwall, a land rich in ancient sites, folklore, seasonal customs, and magical tradition. Gemma possesses a long standing interest in the operative old style witchcraft, folk magic, and cunning traditions of her home landscape and beyond. She pursues a personal animistic path, deriving her craft from the presences, virtues, and lore of place, and is active in the revival and reification of the ways of the working witch and peller, both in her writing and her magical practice. An initiate of British old craft lineage, Gemma serves as the founder of the craft order of and the Sodality of the Light Betwixt, and is a long-standing supporter of Cornwall's world-famous Museum of Witchcraft and Magic, and currently serves as a trustee of its Friends organization. She's written several books, chief among them Traditional Witchcraft, a Cornish Book of Ways, and The Black Toad, West Country Witchcraft and Magic. Now, I have not read the two aforementioned books, but if The Devil's Dozen is any indication of the thought, tradition, and authenticity the other books contain, I'll definitely be putting them on my list. I personally have very little experience in Cornish traditional witchcraft, my magical endeavors taking different roads over the years, but The Devil's Dozen has a definite ring of authenticity and sincerity about it. There's no neo-pagan silliness, and I don't get the sense from the book that the author has, as many are wont to do nowadays tried to water down, obfuscate the darker aspects of, or change the tradition she has been a party to over her research and practices. When I say this book has the ring of truth to it, what I mean is, if you have been involved in aspects of the occult, magic, or what have you, you can read a book and tell, generally speaking, if the author has actually experienced what they are talking about, has heard of the experiences secondhand, or is making up their topic out of whole cloth. This book feels very authentic. There is no attempt to shade the darker aspects of the energies, forces, or entities which are dealt with in its writings. From the blurb on the book, The operations of magic and witchcraft deal with the hidden worlds of spirit and the powers innate within the natural world, within plant, stone, and magical loci. The Old One, who in folk tradition is often named the Devil, embodies both the rend the veil and the spanning bridge betwixt the worlds of the material and the spiritual, the revealed, and the hidden. It is through union with this entity that witches and folk magicians gained access to the powers that reside within the hidden realms of the natural world and could awaken the potent fire within. In traditional folk belief, the devil existed also as an embodiment of the chaotic forces of nature, a belief quite distinct and separate from that of the church with its Satan figure. To the witch, he might also represent the darker aspects of the divine, the keeper and the revealer of the divine light the psychopomp guide of the souls, and the sentinel at the threshold unto the mysteries of death in the otherworld. Something, it would seem, of the elder divinity and the old spirit of the wild has lingered through to the present, permeating regional fairy lore, the calendar of ritualistic seasonal folk customs, and traditions attached to ancient landscape features, the themes of untamed wild nature, its freedoms, its spirits, its power, and its magic so repugnant and threatening to the church, were grafted onto the diabolical, affording yet greater preservation of the old one for those who sought to stray from the path of limitation and conformity, and tread instead the hidden ways of the witch and magician. Historical witch lore records records varied rites of initiatory contact, by which the worker of magic and witchcraft entered into a close working relationship and union with the old one in the spirit world. Via such union would the ways unto curing ailments, exercising ill influence, the attainment of desires, and the destruction of the oppressive be known, and the old arts of the circle, the spirits, the knotted cord, the pierced candle, the witch-bottle, the magical image, and the spoken, inscribed, and herbal charms be mastered. From this wellspring of inspiration, The Devil's Dozen, a modern grammar, or black book, of thirteen craft rites of the Old Ones has been created, and is offered by a present-day initiate of the Old Craft. Within its pages there are to be found thirteen rites, for both the lone practitioner and the assembled company of vision, sacred compact, dedication, initiation, consecration, empowerment, protection, illumination, union, transformation, and devotion. And although the authentic feel of the book is beyond any doubt I have, the author states, They are my own creations all, given in hope that they may provide usefulness or inspiration, and each a personal offering of devotion unto the starlit and smoking altar of the Old One. So let's get to a little of the meat of this magical feast. As I am recording this episode on Halloween, I thought it appropriate to mention the All Hallows Rite of the Wild Hunt toward the end of the book, which is an appropriate place for it in the writing, as Halloween was the old traditional end of the year. The stories of the Wild Hunt always drew my imagination when I was younger. Traditionally, the Wild Hunt in English folklore was known as Thing, which translates as Hurla's Assembly, Woden's Hunt, Woden being the Anglo version of Odin, Herod's Hunt, or Cain's Hunt. Yes, that Cain. In Wales, Gwyn Apnuth was the leader of the hunt. He was a warrior and hunter-god of the wilderness and ruler of Anun, the underworld of Welsh mythology later misinterpreted as hell. With his white stallion and his red-nosed hound, Dormuk, he leads the dead and spirits of Anun out into the world during the wild hunt. In this rite, there is a conjuration of what is referred to as skin-turning. For those not familiar with skin-turning, it is a practice not native to any one area of the planet. There are stories from all over the world of warriors who would take on animalistic aspects of totemic and animistic gods and goddesses in their rites. Even the Ulfhithnar, of- the wolf warriors who are counterparts to the berserkers in Norse legend, are not confined solely to being the chosen of their deity. There are legends of, world, of wolf warriors from Indo-Europeans, the Turkish peoples, Mongols, and indigenous Americans. In reference to the Ulfhithnar and berserkers, their battle fury, a form of the ecstatic trance, which is the root of the name Odin, and shares roots with the words for poetry and singing, was seen as a blessing from Odin. In the sagas it is reported, Odin's men went without their mail coats, and were mad as hounds or wolves, bit their shields. They slew men, but neither fire nor iron had effect upon them. This is called Going Berserk. These fantastic feats are mentioned in the Haraldskvedi and the Völsunga Saga. To set the scene for this conjuration in your mind's eye, put yourself round about a fire, deep in a dark wood, surrounded by your compatriots, who, like you, are adorned in the masks of the animals whose aspects you you wish to appropriate. Round the fire in the center of your gathering, you and your companions are milling, whirling, and gambling about, while the master of the right calls. Hearken to the devil's horn, open ye the ways within, Awake thy shifting form, conjure forth and turn thy skin, All unfathomable that has of ancient men, Deepest held and furthest set, by waking sleep and midnight's dream, All potential that may be yet. Arise ye unto midnight's call, dreaming beasts, awaken and fleshed, Thy myriad resurrections of ancient all, spirit and mystery manifest, By time betwixt and midnight's tide, Rouse from deep the wild and hidden, By mirror mask and witches hide, By call of horn, summon and bidden. There's more after The Conjuration, but you'll have to buy the book if you want to know the rest. Personally, I bought the paperback, the Kindle version, and the Audible version, which is read to great effect by Tracy Norman primarily, and Mark Norman. I would encourage any of my listeners interested in traditional witchcraft or the cunning path to pick up a copy of this book. As an aside, for those who use a Kindle and have issues with dyslexia, if you don't know, there's a font setting on the Kindle called Open Dyslexic, which has increased my enjoyment of electronic reading quite a bit. In the future, if you have any ideas for books you would like reviewed, personal stories from the night side you would like told, have a topic you would like covered, or would just like to get a hold of the show, we can be reached at thehost at walkthenightside.com. Thank you, and have a good night.